This is the Courier Talking Football. I'm Eric Nicholson, and with me this week are Jim Spence and Ian Roach. Ian, we'll start with you. You were at the Dundee United game. I was. Two points lost or a point gained? I suspect <laughs> it'll be it'll be the two points lost. Well, it kind of was, but uh, I don't know. Being old-fashioned, you, you always think a point at Hamilton's not too bad. Um, as well, you know, I have memories. <laughs> there speaks a man scarred by a few, <laughs> a few Dundee United games at Hamilton. Well, that's right. <laughs> Particularly the playoff final, which I did, I did write about. And let it um, go, Ian. Let it go. I know. I know. It's been a few years now. Um, no, listen. It was. It was two points dropped. They should have won the game. They should have closed it out. Um, what you saw as the game was going on, you did see Hamilton. Hamilton started to have good patches of play, but United's chances, they had great chances. Nicky Clark, I mean, I imagine we've all seen them, but oh, yes. Nicky Clark had a couple in particular that I spoke to. It's a shame. First one, the first one, did you say, was the worst of the two? Yeah, I think so. And and you, you, you ask for a player after a game and you see them trudging up and you, <laughs> you kind of start to feel sorry for them. That's when you know that they've missed a, a clanger or two during the game, but... Yeah, and oh, Nicky was just, he just admitted it, you know, I should have done better, I should have scored. And to be fair to him, you know, he, he would normally take a chance like that. But yeah, I think overall it was, um, it was a good overall performance from United, I thought. Nice away performance, pretty tidy, pretty slick at times, fast going, for, going forward, particularly uh, Logan Chalmers up the right. And uh, a lot to be positive about, but they lost a, they lost a poor goal to a, a deep free kick that, that should have been cleared. Well, we mentioned Chalmers. We're not going to go over the top about Chalmers again this week because we, we spoke about him at great length last mm. week, but he obviously did play a very significant part in the goal. But I have to say, I loved the uh, the movement and the sort of awareness of uh, of Sporl. It was that, that outside, I mean, the, the area he popped up and that outside to in run was first class. And then it was the way he didn't, he didn't panic in the in the way he tried to get rid of the ball, he took his time, took his time, and then and then laid it on the plate for Shanklin. It was it was a very very nice assist, wasn't it? Yeah, he's good with the ball at his feet. I mean, I, I'm always intrigued <clears throat> with him because um, you know he, he makes the assist after only four minutes, which is why I think that's that's two points um, lost. I think they should have hung on, but um, uh, Sporl is very useful with that ball at his feet. Indeed, doesn't panic. And I see a lot of United fans kind of wondering about the boy. You were locked down, and he's not getting family across. Is he unsettled? Might he go if they bring someone else? In? I mean, I like him. I've, I've liked him every time I've seen him. I think he's not he's, a left back, though, is he? Which is what which is what he was saying. No, no, that, that there's the issue now. I mean, that, and I have to say, I've actually wondered. Jim McLean was great, you know, to cast your mind back to the greatest United manager ever. Jim McLean was great at finding different roles for people mm-hmm. who, um, you know, who, who were maybe signed as one thing and then and then became something else. You know, mm-hmm. Paul Higgins being the classic example, signed as a striker becomes a world class uh, central defender. You know, and I wonder if something they can do with Spoil. But, you know, that aside, for the moment, uh, what you say is, yes, there is a cameras about him. He's good on the ball and all the rest of it. Chalmers, you know, you're, you're right. No, let's not wax lyrical again. Although I have to say, there is plenty to wax lyrical about. Even his fresh year shot, which I'm giving the benefit of the doubt on and took a wee, a wee bobble as he went. Oh, a, bo- a bobble uh, on the plastic pitch, Jim. You are being kind there, but, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, well, you've seen some of these plastic pitches. But um, I thought the way... One of the that- tiles must have been uh, coming up. <laughs> <laughs> like the old on Fernland one, reminded, which reminded me of old Nanny Nanny's kitchen, you know. <laughs> um, the, 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 I thought there's movement up this, the, you know, that ball that Chalmers took up the 
right wing, the way he killed the ball on the left, simply flicked it past um, yeah, you know, it was uh, his marker and, and, and the run and the pace. And we talked last week about, you know, somebody who, uh, who'd listened to last week's podcast said to me, what did you mean when he said he's got good physique? He's not, he's not the, I said, it's not about his size. He's kind of, he has got an athletic physique, you know, he's well built, he's got good upper body strength, he drives on. So, you know, I think him, Sporl, Shankland, what more can you say about Shankland? His, and I think I wrote my courier column last week, he is the goal scorer extraordinaire. I mean, he has just that instinctiveness, that positional sense, when to just sit back, when to move a yard to the right or the left, when to take space up between the two central defenders. And so he's go, you know, you could criticise the Hamilton defence for parting like the Red Sea, but it was, it was his positional sense. It only takes that half second, gets a lovely wee ball in, and time to put it away. So, you know, brilliant stuff from Sporl, great stuff from Chambers, uh, and great stuff from Shanklin. It was all round great, but to, to blow it, to the Adolphin, and I, I take my hat off. I, I doff my hat to Adolphin at the 75th goal. Um, what he, he is, I mean, I thought the central defence probably, arguably, should have done better, too far out and all the rest of it. But that's a he's a big lad, he's a big unit. And you've seen some of the goals he scored this season. He's a big, strong, physical character and takes a lot of handling and only takes a fraction of a second. He's away from you as a United defence found, and it was costly. Too far for uh, Seagrass to come for that, would you agree? Ian? Yeah, it was. And uh, I think, I think, notably by that time. United had three at the back uh, because the uh, four mentioned Sporrell went off and Mark Connolly came on, so there was a change there. Um, which, Talk to you well, you've 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 raised it, Ian. I think uh, we've uh, we've given Mickey Men a, a lot of praise in the last few weeks, and you certainly have. You know, seen a, some of the early results were pretty much he was their he was their best best player type thing. You know, the star of the show with his tactics and all the rest of it. You know, like say Ross County and. A, and a couple other games with Motherwell, I think, was another one. Did he get his subs wrong here? I think uh, there were. I'm thinking of uh, Sporo and Chalmers both coming off. Was he? Did he suddenly go to a "what we have, we hold" mentality? And did it cost him? It's difficult to read read his mind, but I, I think I think that's what it looked like. You know, they, they did kind of make a, a defensive change, and then it ended up losing losing an equaliser. So you you can point the finger there. Um, it it was uh, I think what 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 Mellon uh, made a point about after the game was the amount of free kicks that were going that were getting awarded. You know he was kind of had a joke almost. Oh, there's loads of free kicks. There's free kicks. If you're good at free kicks in Scotland, you'll be you'll have a chance kind of thing. Yeah. But but during the game you saw Hamilton getting free kick after free kick. So United should have should have kind of. It's not easy all the time, but. They had to endeavour not to concede free kicks like that because all you're doing is inviting long balls into your box all the time. And as you quite rightly said, Eric, it was one of those for for Seagrass too. I, th- I don't think it's had a bad game all uh, all season, yeah. uh, and it was it was difficult for him to 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 wonder whether he should come out for it. Um, mind you, when you see, I think any time when you see a player diving so low to head in so close to goal then you have to point the finger at the defenders don't you too early making the subs Jim well <coughs> you have to be a really really confident side to be able to see out a 1-0 you know from that sort of distance don't you well you do you do and and and, and the, the, the real danger well there's two dangers one when you score four minutes in uh, you know, it gives gives the opposition 86 minutes plus to 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 level um, and when you lose one with 50 minutes to go plus uh, stoppage time then you've got a danger of having blown it completely as it was they only lost the two points could end up losing more. I mean, you know, the, the, the subs in terms of spoil and chambers 
and Butcher. Well, certainly two of them kind of attack attacking type uh, midfielders. Uh, Butcher, Butcher's really a ball winner. He's not. He's not a kind. I know a lot of people would prefer to see him at centre back. The discussion we've had before, but. I think when you make those kind of subs and, and, you know, what you bring on, well, you're bringing Connolly on, okay, to to shore up there. You know, Powers, I've kind of made my mind up about Powers at the moment, I have to say, and Paula is not the player he was. Um, so, you know, if you're looking kind of like for like, did it work? Uh, well, no, because, you know, they, they, they ended up... Uh, I, I think they did drop two points. I mean, you know, uh, far be it from me. I know a lot of people, Hamilton, they're good people and all the rest. They're an astonishing club in terms of what they've done Dundee United are a far bigger club and should be going to Hamilton with the expectation of winning. Yeah, and I think, I mean, I, I think, Ian, at the moment, because United are new to the league, and they're, uh, do you think we'll see a difference in approach in the second round of fixtures? Because, I mean, I've, I've not yet seen Hamilton, but what I've seen of them on, on the TV and what people are telling me is this, this, isn't, a, this isn't a good team. Um, they do what they do, and I don't think anything's changed as far as, you know, previous seasons. But United maybe showing a wee bit too much respect to to these teams that when they when they actually think when they've played them all they might think hold on a minute you know we 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 could maybe be going going for them a wee bit more because we've nothing to be scared of. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think you can accuse them of that on uh, Saturday. However, I would uh, balance that up with uh, they've had, they've had two very clever, well managed, uh, good tactics away victories this season mm-hmm. at Motherwell and Ross County that we quite rightly give the manager credit for. So uh, it's it's been a mixed bag. But yeah, it, it does look, if, if you, you know, if you step back, it does look like he was saying, you know, 1-0 here. And maybe we could kind of manage this a bit here. But what you had in, during the game was you had Hamilton gradually kind of getting gaining ground and uh, threat becoming more threatening uh, throughout the second half. Uh, Jim, we'll, we'll talk about the uh, the possible incomings before the transfer window closes in a wee bit, but cert- certainly one area that uh, Tony Ashgar and United are targeting as a as a as a forward. I mean, we, we all know that centre forward, somebody on the front line, and Nicky Clark obviously had though. Is he is he? Is he playing his way out of the team, Jim? Well, I, I like Clark. I mean, I know a lot of people are, <clears throat> are undecided about him. I liked him at Dunfermline. I thought he was a very tidy player. The, 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 I think the key thing is, is he an out-and-out striker? I think the answer to that clearly is no. I mean, Shankland... He used, to, he used to be, yes. but we're talking, you know, we're talking the Queen of the, Queen of the South. That, days, that, that's right. And, and, and I think we're also talking about a different level here. Now, I mean, you know, we wondered, or some people wondered, could Shankland do it? Um, <clears throat> well, he certainly indicated he can do it. Whether he can do it consistently at this level is, is another thing entirely. But I... I, I you know, I think the betting would be on Shankland managing to score on a regular basis because he is an out and out striker. He has that clinician's eye for goal that that, that most people don't have because you know striking is a, is a unique capability. Clark is a good link up player. He's tidy. He will take the occasional goal, take a penalty. Um, whether he's an out and out striker. Uh, I, I, I I don't even think the jury's out. I think he's he's not. He, he wouldn't lead the line on his own, uh, for instance. Um, so again, this comes back to this early days for Mickey Mellon. He's finding out a lot about his players, about their mentality, their strength physically and mentally. He's finding out where they might be adaptable to play. Can you know, kind of pull someone back from from playing kind of one up front? Uh, kind of pull someone back into a, a, a midfield position. He's finding out lots of things. So what he might be wondering is there a different type of role for Nicky Clark, or does he want to bring someone into? replace him to play in a front two with Shankland or one just off Shankland or might Shankland be heading for pastures new 
and they bring someone else in. You know, these are all things that only um, Tony Asgar and, and Mickey Mellon will know. Um, but they need, I think, you know, I, 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 there is no doubt that they need greater uh, striking prowess if they're to, I mean, you know, ambition has got to be top six. I, and I, you know, I, I hate even saying that because it's such an artificial construct, this top six, bottom six. But, you know, given that's where we are, um, you know, if you want to achieve that, then United probably need someone to add to the threat of Shanklin. That is assuming Shanklin is going to be there. And I mean, we all know this, there's strikers, plenty of strikers now who, they get called false nines, you know, they're, they're not, they're not, necessarily there for their goals is and we're talking centre forwards here as as well, you know, as stupid as, as it may sound. I mean the prime example is of course at Liverpool, Roberto Firmino, who only scored his first goal in a championship winning Liverpool team, his first goal at Anfield on in their last home game against uh, against Chelsea. <laughs> but still there was never a hint of him getting dropped. And he's loved by Liverpool fans, he's loved by Jurgen Klopp. He he is in that team for the the chances he, he creates for others, for his pressing, for just because he's he's so crucial to that uh, Liverpool team. Does does Nicky Clark is he as integral to United? Does he do enough to keep his place no matter what? As in, if he's not scoring goals, is he is is he is all the play coming through Nicky Clark? Well, it's a good point. And what I would say is that of the players available to Mellon at the moment. I think Clark, on balance, combines best with Shankland. Mm-hmm. Better with Shankland than any of the, the others that he can pick. And I think that's a key thing. And uh, will possibly be enough to keep him in the side. I don't think I don't think Clark will be judged on how many goals he gets. Um, although, I mean, we'll have to wait and see for Friday's game because he did miss a couple of great chances and you could tell the manager was frustrated. Um, however... I think on balance, when the two of them are on are, are on the pitch, I think I think they combine better than 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 any other player to help Shankland. And of course, United's priority is yeah. helping Shankland as much as possible. Thing is, as well, thing Jim. I mean, Lorna Shankland knows he's the main man at, at Tannerice. Mm-hmm. He's made to, he's been made to feel like the main man by Robbie every day. I mean, it just it's it's, it's, it's just blatantly obvious. He'll he'll be he'll be telling he would have told Robbie Nielsen who he liked to play with. He'll be telling uh, he'll be telling Mickey Mellon, Tony Ashkar who he likes to play with. So if he likes to play with uh, Nicky Clark, Nicky Clark's in the team, isn't he? So that's simple. Well, the, 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 these are all the fine um, <clears throat> nuances that go with football management, uh, Eric. You know, uh, I mean, the manager is the manager. We know that, but big players have a big say. Now, that's not in any way I'm suggesting that that you know that Lord Shank will he runs the dressing room. Yeah, like I that, mean, yeah. uh, if anything, he is he is the most level-headed, team-minded individual you can get. He 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 subverts himself to the to the greater cause, to the greater good of the team, and that's what you want. Um, and, and you know, in a great player, and he is a great player. United level he's a great player but he is undoubtedly the senior and major talent in the team now um, ultimately I have to say I I had great hopes of the uh, Louis Perry um, uh, combination what what I saw last season for for whatever reason uh, it looks like Mickey Mellon doesn't appear to 
um, overly fancy that. Now, that, I don't know what that is, whether Perry has, you know, has, has, has slipped in training, whether he doesn't fancy what he's seeing in training, whether he simply thinks that Clark uh, and uh, and Shankland are a better link up in terms of how they, you know, they play off each other, giving, going, moving. You hearing the, the you hearing any jungle drums beating regarding a Perry? No, I, I'm not, and 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 that's that's why I'm I'm kind of I'm, I'm you know I would be calm about the situation. Um, we do forget too that a Perry is a younger player, but he, he did he did gain substantial experience last season. Um, and that's, he's an asset, isn't he? He's an he's an asset. He's strong. He's got good touch. He's good running ability. I'm talking a financial asset as well. He's the mm. he's the type of player that they've got him on a long contract. He's young. You you don't want his uh, you don't want his value diminishing dramatically, do you? No. Well, he, he, but he's also a level-headed laddie. You know, he, he's a bright lad. I remember a long conversation I had with him uh, at Tanner this last season. He's, he's, he's a bright, he's a bright boy. He's clever. He's, he's da- and and I think you know the good modern pro with good management, uh, particularly younger players. And you've got to watch. There's a fine line. You know, some young players burst into teams at 16, 17, 18, and and, and they're there forever. Others take a wee bit longer. Um, but I think you know this is where kind of good management and, and level headedness on behalf of the player and and sometimes mums and dads and all the rest of it come in as well. Just bide your time, sit tight. You've got things to learn. Everyone has things to learn. You don't know all 18, 19, 20, 21. Not that I'm suggesting for a moment the boy is like that. He strikes me as, as absolutely a level headed boy. I like him. I like. Uh, I think he's got a big big future in the game. Uh, and it may simply be that that you know that he has got to kind of. Um, work a bit harder, waiting his chance, uh, and 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 it will come to him uh, someday. It might well be that you know, uh, Nicky Clark kind of you know drops into a different type of role, or that Mickey Mellon decides he's not getting sufficient uh, response from from that partnership up front, and goes back to what we saw with Perry playing kind of in that wide left position, feeding into Shankly, which I thought looked good last season. Um, but but only the manager knows these things. And the manager, I always say this, I mean, it's, it's easy for us all, whether journalists or fans or whatever, to be armchair critics. The truth of the matter is, the manager sees these guys day in, day out. He knows their mentality. He knows what they're doing on the training ground. He knows about lots of wee things, you know, about fitness, wee niggles, and, and a million and one other things that sometimes are kept from public view. You know, everything is shared, as we know. So I think a pair has to kind of simply bide his time um, and then, and there will come a time, uh, maybe sooner rather than later, but there will come a time where he think he thinks or wonders, um, do I actually have a future here? Uh, uh, and he, he will either know then that he does, or he doesn't. Uh, but at the moment, uh, it's up to him to fight his way into the team. The, the problem there, and I'll not hog this conversation, but the problem there is sometimes it doesn't matter how hard a player works or or how much graft he puts in, how good his mentality is, how prepared he is to thrill himself and buckle down to cause. Sometimes managers just don't fancy a player and we don't know if that's the case here or not. Ian, you, you do the regular uh, press press conferences with Mickey Mellon and obviously mm-hmm. you've, you've seen all the games as well. What's your... What's your has, has he spoken specifically about... Uh, Louis Apare and or and and or have you picked up vibes by the, when he's getting subbed either on or off? You know where he is in the pick and all of that sort of thing. What's your what's your what's your feeling about Mickey Mellon and and Louis Apare? I, I think I would uh, strip it back to uh, Mellon gave Apare a, a chance in the team, and he possibly didn't. This was when Shankland was still injured. Um, and he possibly didn't take that chance. Which is when Motherwell away was that? Was did he get that one? Yeah, 
and he's also still around the uh, he's also still around the team. You know, it's not as if he's been pushed. Push, he's not getting listed as a sub or anything. He's like not that. first or second choice off the bench, though, is mm-hmm. he? Even you know that's even a sign, isn't what it? We, I think I think what you saw on uh, at Hamilton was uh, Mellon. On you know not not he hasn't had the chance to do this uh, very regularly, but he picked the same team as uh, against uh, Saint Martin. So he just he just uh, I think quite simply just kept Clark in there. Thought it worked fine before, and uh, that was the case. But I don't I wouldn't I wouldn't say. That uh, there's a problem there. I just think that he's 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 put him in the team, and he he maybe hasn't taken the chance away. You know, ideally you could have done, and now we've got Shankland in, and it's a case of everybody moves back a space in the queue, and it's about who who links up the better with uh, with uh, Shankland. I mean, he could he could be moving. I mean, there's every chance he'll be moving another place further back, Jim, because we do expect United to make a a striker signing before the window and then, you know, it's, it's 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 no good for a player of his age sitting on the bench for a full season, is it? And getting the odd getting the odd run out. No, the, 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 there's a fine line, I think, and, and I'm trying to remember, who was it? Was it Carragher the other week who was talking about? Yeah, I remember we mentioned know, it uh, last week, yes. If you're, if you're not in the team, if you're not in the team as a 20-year-old, find yourself yeah. in another club. And, and, and I think there's a fine line. I mean, it, it, it's great to see kind of younger players buckling down and, and accepting they've got bits to learn and all the rest as well. But there's a fine line. There is a fine line, and it's an intangible one, between young players being prepared to do that and having enough, basically enough balls and enough kind of chutzpah about them to say, no, I, I'm actually yeah, yeah, I should be playing. Yeah. I, should, I need to be playing. And, and I think that, you know, it may well be that that will come. I mean, and that and all that kind of thing, you know, some people would regard it as big-headed, but it's not. It's about strength of character and saying, you know what, I can do this job. And if you don't think I can do this job, then I want to do it for someone else. You know, I want someone else to uh, to, to, to see what I can do. And and, and th- th- those are the constant tensions in management. You know, when, when you're trying to manage a, a first-team score of 20, 20 uh, individuals who all think they should be playing, it's a very, very difficult thing, whether you're Mickey Mellon or, or Jim McLean, the late Jock Steen, Alec Ferguson, whoever. I mean, the, the essentials of management remain the same. Um, <clears throat> it, it's up to Younger Perry to uh, either kind of manage the forces we in that team or maybe quite quickly say, well, you know what, I don't think I've got a future here. I think it's time that, that, that I moved on. Um, I'm not. I'm trying to remember like exactly what his contractual situation is. I'm not suggesting for a moment that, that there's any great degree of unhappiness here. And, and people will moan about you know guys like us sitting speculating. But th- th- this is the nature of football. This is what goes on. You know, when a player goes home on a Saturday night and he hasn't been involved in the game. You know, win, lose, or draw, he's an unhappy bunny. He's not a happy and, boy. And you would, yeah. you would be very, very displeased if he wasn't uh, unhappy because you want guys that want to play in the team. I mean, you know, English football at top level is full of guys you've never heard of sitting in the reserves at Chelsea picking up 60 grand a week. And it doesn't appear to bother them, you know. I, I, I'm not singling Chelsea out, by the way. They're just an example. So <clears throat> I, I think... The danger for an Aperi comes with, I mean, it's, I think McNulty is the, the guy United have been linked to, but undoubtedly they'll be looking at others as well, you know. Yeah. Um, and time is starting to, you know, the window's starting to kind of just squeeze closed and all the rest of it. So then, depending on who comes in, then there's, there's various factors at play there. Do, do, you know, might there be a wee sniff, a wee bid that they know might be coming in for Shanklin, which is, you know, just basically unrefusable? Uh, or might they not? Might they have taken the view that they're going to need two 
good strikers up front to lead the line, that Clark isn't the man to pair with them, that a pair is out of the picture in terms of pairing with them. Are they going for two or, you know, or, or, or Shankland is an outstriker, but someone just playing off him who also has experience and all the rest of it, which the guy we just mentioned uh, does have, both at Livy and Hibs and south of the border. We don't know these things. I mean, all, all will become clear uh, in the fullness of time. But I mean, the truth of the matter is that, um, that United have one top striker. I, I think, I have no doubts that he can do it at top level. He might not do it against Celtic and Rangers because the chances against clubs like that are, are, are minuscule. But I think he can do it against everyone else. It's whether that is sufficient to carry you through a season or whether you need more than that, whether you need more goal threat than from just your striker, who, of course, was injured until fairly recently. So it'll be interesting to see what United do you know, before the window shuts, who they do bring in. And it'll also be very interesting to see how that affects the players who then, as you say, move one back in, in the pecking order. Because if Clark was to drop out, where does that leave a Perry? Would uh, would Mark McNulty would that be one that excites you, Ian? Um, well, yeah, that's, I, not, that's I, not a very I, exciting start. To it, I must I, admit. I thought that. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, yeah. I mean, uh, we'll see. Um, what we what he does. I'm a bit concerned because um, he's, he's there is obviously some controversy. Uh, hanging around in the background uh, with McNulty. Um, I just think United are a bit incoherent with things just now. It's difficult because you know you do have to you do have to try and and and, and widen your your target range, but it just seems to be. I don't know. They've, they've, we've had the James Norwood. We've had Pavel Safranco, but neither of them came off. Now we've got McNulty. I, I would just like to see a bit more uh, coherence in the in the strategy there. And if they can come up with uh, McNulty, it will obviously be a good one. It would be a loan um, because I think he's got, is it, is it two years left yeah. on his, mm-hmm. his deal at Reading? And also his wages will be pretty hefty. So um, it could be it could be a difficult one for them to pull off again. I just I just hope they're not kind of aiming or, or a bit too high and then they'll have to come back again because time's, time's getting tight. Um as far as the, the transfer window goes, which I think it closes next uh, Monday, doesn't it? At midnight. So we've got a few days yet. But it's just, you don't want it to be, you don't want it to be chaos over the weekend. Aye. or anything You mean like you that. don't want it to be chaos because you, you'll be working on it. But... <laughs> <laughs> oh, you well, I mean, it's, right, a, it's, okay. a very, it's a very, very, Jim, it's a very difficult market for that Tony Ashgar's operating in, isn't it? Particularly when nothing, nothing that you said on this podcast, what was it? Gosh, Robbie Nielsen was still the manager, so we're talking. However, many months ago, nothing mm. you said has been disproved. You know, the money isn't the money isn't there at United that that they hoped and thought they would have done that would have been there in the in the in a normal summer. So you know, it's 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 not easy to get the necessary quality up front, in particular, is it? No, I mean, look, these these are very difficult times for everyone in football, Eric. I mean, uh, you know. One moment you think yourself, going, where's the game going? I mean, we see reports of potential National League collapse in England. We see the Highland League not not starting, you know, putting back their start date. People wondering if the the Betfred, the teams in the Betfred will go ahead. Um, you know, no, no sooner do you worry about it than you see English clubs being prepared to spend 60 million on players at the top level. And you think, well, we've now got an elite and then you've got the rest. So that filters all the way down. Um I think there's a combination of things here. I think the, the United owner, Mark Ogren, has, you know, he, the man cannot be faulted in terms of what he's done, you know, and we've, <clears throat> we've talked about it ad nauseum. 
buying tallies, buying the training ground, putting money in, big contracts for players, you know, um, and all the rest of it, signing on fees for Shankland, all, all, all of these things. Um, th- th- but the truth of the matter is, n- no one has has bottomless pockets, and, and, and very often owners get in and, and suddenly realise, gee whiz, this is costing me A, a lot more than I thought it was, and B, the income stream that I could have relied on has suddenly dried up. You know, there's money coming in, certainly from the Sky Television deal, and United fans uh, were all managing to watch things on Dundee United TV or Hibs TV or, or, you know, St. Johnson TV, whatever it is. But there's a huge lack of um, other revenue coming in, and that obviously impacts on what you can do. And in the meantime, of course, then there is, of course, the other great conundrum, how do you actually bring players in anyhow, even when things are at their best and you've got income come in, do players want to leave English football to come to Dundee United? And if they do, there's probably others chasing them as well. So um, this, this, I think, is a testing time. What United have to be careful of is when targets start to get identified and then, you know, it doesn't happen and another target's identified and it doesn't happen. You know the nature of football fans. They start to think that they're getting taken for a ride. And I think that's the danger here. So, you know, uh, I mean, you've got to be very, very careful about dropping names in uh, and allowing names to to slip out, uh, lest it come back to haunt you when you don't actually manage to sign anything or what you do manage to sign um, gives you the kind of reaction that Ian gave us there. That, hmm. <laughs> But the thing is, Ian. I mean, as much as as much as you want it all uh, wrapped up by uh, by Friday night, so you can <laughs> you can enjoy your weekend and your your Monday night. Uh, aye, that'll be right. It's it's just Take inevitable. Someone's that... going on holiday, though. Oh, is it? Is it you? Is it? Are you off next week? Don't... <laughs> no, not me. Oh not no, me. neither am I. I would never do. I would never do that. Ian. Take deadline day off, though. No, that's a sacking <laughs> offence. I know. But no, there, there's an in, there's an inevitability that just these type of deals. There's there's brinksmanship involved, isn't there? You know, you have to keep plates spinning, and yeah. you know there's there's better deals to be had on the last day. Sometimes when when clubs think, oh, hold on a minute, we're going to have to pay this boy's wages till the next window. Maybe I will accept that offer from X or Y. You know, so he's he's going to have to keep spinning a few plates, Tony Ashgar, isn't he? Yeah, I suppose he is. And and uh, what I would uh, also say is, uh, give him credit is that they did seem a bit all over the shop for the, the managerial hunt. But then he, he, he came up with, a, I think, a, a terrific appointment in Mellon. Um, so, so, so they got that one right. So, so what, what Ashgar's done up to now has been spot on. Um, it's just, I'm, I am a bit like Jim, you know. You, you kind of worry about names here, there and everywhere. And, and there's others as well, you know. But it just you just hope that behind the, the closed doors at Tannadice, they've really got... These uh, maybe one or two top top targets that they're they're going to push. They're going to try everything to get. If if that's McNulty, then fine. And uh, also we've got is it Giando Giando Fuchs as well. Oh, I like it. Yeah. That's Fuchs. We're calling them. Yes, definitely. Can we agree on that one? Yes, I, I, commentator's nightmare potential. That one. <laughs> <laughs> and he is uh, the CH is hard. So um, we 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 do look as if you know I think I think they look like the top two, don't they? And if they can get them, then uh, uh, that that'll be that'll be pretty good. I think Jondo. I think we'll we'll call him. He's he's quite a long way down the line. I think that one's nearly done, and that'll bring the creativity to the mid centre midfield that you've both been looking for, Jim. He's and I, I gather this isn't you know this is a a target that United have been working on for for a good year and a half. So mm. it's that'll be. That's a potentially exciting one. A guy who's got the best years of, of his career in front of him has clearly has a bit of pedigree. 
You know, mm-hmm. that's that's one that the fans should should look forward to. You know, w- w- when you look at what United need um, or, or what you're always hoping to add, because let's be honest, you know, every manager wants to add consistently his squad. Managers would run with 100 players in a squad if they could uh, get away with it. But they need, I think, someone to probably to partner Shankland up front to add further goal threat. And then I think you are looking for, for creativity. Um, you know, the, the, the creativity, I mean, I like Chalmers, he's still a young player. Sporrell has been playing that left-sided role. He's not really a full-back. What is he, you know, is he going to be happy there? I don't know. We don't quite know what's going on in the background. Maybe he's not overly settled. Um, so then you're kind of looking at Harks and Butch. And I like Harks, but... He, he, he flits, he comes and goes in and out of games. Butcher... Um, He's not going to thread a pass through the eye of a needle, is he? And, and neither's Butcher. No, I mean, I, I actually think there's more of a case on moving Butcher back to central defence. He can play both, and I like Butcher. I like his style, and he'll break play up and he'll get in a bit and all the rest of it. Um, whether he has just that extraction of sharpness in that midfield role that is required for the Premiership, we've debated, I'm not sure. Um, but in terms of kind of the creative midfielder, the, the, you know, the, the old cliches, the guy that can put a foot on the ball, see the pass, see the pass quickly, thread the pass, you know, play the play the man in, play players through the channel and all the rest of it. That, I think, is missing. That That's missing. I, I, and I'm not entirely sure, also looking at the bench, that I see anyone capable of doing that either. So, you know, you're looking for that creativity he probably in the field. Paul, he, when he moved Paulette inside, he was probably hoping he might be that yeah, man. But I, I, he, he looked decent enough against St. Johnston, but no, it's not. No, it's not worked. And, and you you know what? There, there comes a time, I think, where, you, you know, as a manager, as a sporting director, you know you've got to cut your losses. That, that You know, I mean, this is not as though Peter Paulette, as a 20, 21-year-old mate in his way in the game, he's a substantially experienced player now. And, and and, and it, you know, the, the move generally hasn't worked. Well, he's, he's plagued with injury and all the rest of it. The move generally uh, hasn't worked. And he's not that type of, of, of player that United are looking for. So if you're looking for a really creative, gifted, uh, mercurial midfielder, um, it's going to have to come from out with the ranks. And, and, and it may well be, that, uh, and I hesitate to even have a pop at his name, but it may well be that he's go the on, answer. Go on, Jim, go on. <laughs> you'll, have to, you'll have to at some point, well, Jim. For fuck's sake, you know, I'm going to be careful with these things, you know. <laughs> F-O-O-K-S. <laughs> well, it's uh, Livingston for them on Friday night. Uh, I've just watched Livingston play against St. Johnson, and I thought they were... I don't, I've seen worse this season, that's for sure. I think uh, I would say that St. Murn are definitely a poorer team than Livingston. I would say... Ross County are a poorer team than Livingston. I haven't seen Hamilton, but I suspect Hamilton are a poorer team than Livingston. So, you know, but having said that, I think this is a game Dundee United should be winning for sure. You agree, Ian? Yes, I do, and uh, I think the, they'll get they'll get that seven points that you you, well, you target yeah. for them after those three. I games. think I think, but that's a good haul, isn't it? That really is uh-huh. seven You're out of nine. That's, that's a good good haul out of three games, considering the, what had happened in the two before that heavy defeats. And maybe we need to give United a wee bit of credit for how they've come back a bit from from the Ibrox and Rugby Park. But yeah, a home game. Uh, I know there's no fans, and what a shame that's still the case. We need to we need to say that uh, there would have been what seven seven and a half eight thousand there on Friday night under the floodlights, but uh, it is what it is, and uh, I do fancy again United to win, probably similar to uh, St. Mum with a, a, a narrow victory, probably with Shanklin scoring the winner. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> How many times have you said that in the past? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Livy are. 
either it's probably good preparation playing against Hamilton before playing Livingston, isn't it? So they're kind of they're, they'll be in the same sort of mindset, you know. Even though it's a home game, it's just it's just it's a very similar type of game they've got coming up, isn't it, Jim? Well, I, I mean, I think the, the, the thing with this one is you would assume, you know, you tend to think being a home side, uh, and again, you know, but in that kind of United are a much bigger club than both Livingston and Hamilton Marquis, and and you know. Oh, <laughs> All other things being equal, that should tell in terms of quality of player and all the rest that you've got. But United have just stepped back into the Premiership. Had they been that good, they'd have been there a few seasons back. So, you know, they're finding their way, they're rebuilding slow but sure. Now, the problem here is that, you know, the bulk of the play you would assume would be United. United on the front foot at home, even although there's no fans there, they would be expected to take the game and be the attacking side to Livingston. I think the danger there, as we saw quite clearly against St. Johnson, Tiffany is a real handful up front. Yeah. And he's very, very quick. He's very mobile. He's very athletic. He's very yeah. nip- the, the younger for, Forrest scored a very nice goal as well. The younger Forrest uh, uh, as well is, is really quick. Uh, you know whether he's as good as his brother is a, is a debatable prospect, a, a debatable argument. But that, that's not the argument. The argument is a very decent player. Um, he steps. United he stepped up from, wasn't it? It was. Um, yeah. He, he's a very decent player. He's quick. He, he, he's quite aggressive. He wanted running. him, didn't he? Yeah, absolutely. He goes past players. So right away, you know, if you if you're going to play that kind of game, you know, that attacking game, you've got a couple of players up front who are quick, athletic, and smart, and can hurt you on the break. So, um, I, I would take absolutely nothing for granted. Uh, in this one, I mean, you know, a home win, a narrow home win would would, would be delightful. It would give them seven from nine, which would be a terrific haul um, in the first season back in, in, in the Premiership from the, the three games that they will have played by then. But I think there are there are clear and present dangers. I think against against Livingston, I think they're a they're a tough side, they're a hard side. They they know you know the style of play that they have. They have kind of worked hard on it. Um, they're, they're no mugs. I mean, you know, defensively, they're, 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 well, defensively they're as bad as United, along with. Uh, Ross County and, and United they've conceded I think 14 goals but they score more they score 10 uh, as opposed to um, United is it 7 I think you know so um, <clears throat> you know I, I don't think I don't think it's one that United um, should fear and I think it's one they could and arguably should win uh, but I, I think there are there are serious uh, potential problems uh, for them unless they can shut down uh, Forrest and supply to Tiffany. Well, talking about serious potential problems, well, moves us swiftly on to to St Johnston, and I'm, I was a I was a well, say, I mean I've been a wee bit worried in the last few games just just because you know the, the theme has been the same, but Saturday's game they, they were they were nowhere near as dominant as they were against uh, against Motherwell. Against Ross County, against St Mernon, they won the the game. They won these sort of these sort of matches. Kind of all rolled into one. It was all sort of continuation of one theme. Saturday was a wee bit different. It was it was a it was a more even game. It was kind of nothing nothing in it type game. And then they go and concede two goals within the space of two minutes. And the, the ten minutes after that, coming into half time, worried me a wee bit. I think I think the sort of accumulation of of all those sort of hard luck tales took their toll and there's a wee bit of heads down feeling sorry for themselves for 10 minutes before half time and then they got themselves sorted in the break and you know they, they pushed hard for to get back in the game but of course we all know that they're, they're struggling to score goals but it's just an example isn't it Ian that you know you see it time and time and time again when football if things you know you think that if there's only sort of one specific problem if you don't solve that specific problem, 
the problems spread throughout the team, don't they? All of a sudden, you know, yeah. you, you start areas of, of facets of the game that you thought were locked down and there was absolutely no issues. Suddenly, they suddenly become wee issues. You know, maybe like said, Danny McNamara is not the confident player that he was, no, no fault of his own. You know, all of a sudden, you know, you get more errors at the back when the goals aren't going in. So it's, you know, they need to they need to sort the goal score and to sort other parts of the pitches, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I mean what it does is it puts pressure on the, the rest of the team, doesn't it? And of it's a it shame. Um yeah, I mean I was gonna I was gonna ask you about the you know the the confidence. Did the heads go down because you know you you were on site for that game? They did up until half time, no doubt about it. Saints went very yeah. quiet and you could see that you could see they thought, ah I'm not saying they they certainly didn't chuck it, but you, you know, they, they, it's human instinct. If you if yeah. you if you if you lose the amount of games that Saints have lost one nil after absolutely dominating them, and then you go you lose two goals within the space of a minute. Yeah, show me a man that show me a footballer that that can't you know that 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 doesn't take a toll on you know. No, I- Exactly, it's human nature, isn't it? And uh, the third, third successive defeat without scoring, wasn't it? Yeah. And uh, it's it's uh, that, that's a concern. Look, the, the only thing is the manager, the manager's in, uh, left in no doubt what he has to sort out. So Saints have to be, Saints have to to get to get this uh, sorted out. The transfer window, they've got a few days left to see see what they can come up with. It's an absolute priority. In fact, you can almost look across the the whole of the uh, Premiership and uh, it's, ov- it's almost the most obvious uh, problem that a single team has is Saints getting that kind of physical, yeah. good-in-the-air striker into their team. And uh, it, it has to be addressed. I know, because... Jim, you hear people say, "Oh, where? How was St. Johnson going to get a fifteen-goal strike?" And all that. Thing is, it's missing the point. St. Johnson don't need, they don't need this this focal point presence to score goals because they've got. I'm convinced. Just he would bring it. He would get Stevie May scoring again. He would get Callum Henry scoring again. He would maybe get Michael Hallen scoring again. It's more what he would he would do for the others and the team as a whole than the fact that. He would score. Listen, he would score a few goals, hopefully, but it's more that than the fact that, oh, this is a guy that's going to score as get us in, get us double figures. Well, I mean, look, there's a couple of things here. Let's look at the positives for one thing. I mean, the simple truth of the matter is the league position doesn't look great. However, you know, between St. Johnson, St. Martin at the bottom, then Saints, Hamilton, Motherwell, and then Livy. There's only a point between five. There's a blanket blanket over a lot. So so it's very early days. Uh, uh, And the next positive, if if we can be so bold, is the fact that having conceded 11 goals, then St. Murren, Hamilton, Motherwell, Livingston, Ross County and Dundee United have all conceded more. So actually there are six teams that have conceded more goals than Saints. Um, They're not by any manner of means adrift after uh, only nine games. Their issue is in scoring. They're the worst scorers in the, in the Premiership with only four goals after nine outings. I mean, it's less than a goal a game. Uh, sorry, it's less than a goal every two games. Right, um, okay. So so they need... Now, I, I'm in your camp. Um, and again, it's, it's, this is a movable feast. On the face of it, I think they've got three, potentially four goal scorers in that team. Guys that can score goals. And they don't have to each be scoring 15 goals a season. If they were all chipping in with seven or eight goals a season each, then it would be a very, very healthy return. But I kind of sense that, you know, that there's a couple of things. I'm tempted to kind of go down my old route here and say, time for Stevie Brown to open the purse strings and bring in a sports psychologist. But, you know, I mean, I think much more importantly at the moment is bringing someone who 
maybe has a bit of goal threat, but can also, whether it's adding physical presence or or just the ability, physical presence doesn't always necessarily mean to say you've got to be six foot five and, and built like a, a, you know, a brick wall. I mean, it, it can be somebody's just got that. Well, I, know, I know what you were going to say there, Jim. <clears throat> yeah, I know, <laughs> indeed. Uh, you know, someone that's got that kind of you know ability to rumble players up, get about, you know, make a nuisance of himself, you know, just touching balls off, be, you know, being there, taking taking a couple of defenders out the picture, leaving the, the field clear for, for you know, whoever, um, or Halloran or May or, uh, or Henry or, or, or a Murray Davidson bursting through. I think we're looking probably for more from Murray as well as he kind of, uh, you know, w- w- works his way back into the scheme of things. So, I mean, I, it, it's, it's too early to panic for St. Johnson by a long chalk, but, but they, they do need soon. To, to, to start actually getting something from from the games. I mean, you know, nine in, um, you know, there's only them in St. Martin who have, uh, um, well, so they've all, since we've got, what, six defeats now in nine, you know, along with St. Martin at the bottom. But they're still sitting on seven points along with Arkies and just a point behind Murrow and Livy and all the rest of it. So not time to panic, but but time to add to the squad, I think. Um, and, and that's probably going to hurt the chairman because he's going to have to... Um, get the wallet out you, you can tell him then you can text him <coughs> I will do <coughs> next time we have a lengthy good. conversation I'll tell him that good good <laughs> the, uh, well we might have to pause our positivity though because up comes uh, up comes Celtic on Sunday for them so the, the, the harsh realities are as every chance that St Johnson are going to have to hit they're going to go to the bottom of the league before they're going to have to bounce back because listen <laughs> recent history suggests well I think I think the rolling total of the last two seasons is 27-0 to, mm-hmm. to Celtic yeah, against yeah. St. Johnson. So, it's uh, bad as hard. I knew it was bad. It's not great. Although the, 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 the last one was the best of them, though, when they nearly, you know, they, they nearly took them to a replay in, the, in the, uh, the Scottish Cup under Tommy last season. But I suppose the positive side of it is this is a type... It's, it's not going to be a game where they're going to be dominating the ball like they have been in recent weeks. So... Callum can he can go in the, into the game with a different mindset, different game plan, and you know basically use that word different again, try something different. Yeah, I mean I'm gonna I'm gonna probably annoy Jim here, but it is a bit of a free hit. Nobody expects. Oh yeah, we like this. Yeah, <laughs> nobody nobody expects <laughs> Saints to, to to do anything against against Celtic, but what they need to do is not lose heavily if they can help it. But it's it's a. Uh, <laughs> but I think we can we can we're looking to the first section of the the fixtures to judge teams and and we're, we're getting near that now. Um, I, I agree with everything uh, Jim said about Saints. You know they're, they're they're right in there, but what you want is for a, a a game against Celtic not to make you you knock you knock knock you back even further. Yeah. You know uh, confidence is obviously obviously fragile. Two goals in in a minute or two at Livingston. So you, you just, I think the main thing for 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 Saints is to still be have still have their, their self belief and all that is intact after after the weekend. Uh, Ian, actually, I mean, I actually agree with you. you Wouldn't annoy me at all. I agree with you. I, I think it is. I mean, I I can see no way, no way that Saints will take something from this game. Uh, not even a, a hard fought draw. I mean, you know, the, 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 I mean, there's a couple of things here. I mean, never mind Celtic's kind of, you know, the, the talent available to them. The Yetis, Ellen Uzis, and Frimpongs, and Christies and McGregors. They, they are miles ahead, miles ahead of anyone else in Scotland, with the exception of Rangers. And I mean, I think we're, you know, my, 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 I think I wrote my curator comment the other week that. 
these two were miles ahead of anyone else, and Hibs and Aberdeen are further ahead of, of the of the rest of the pack. However, neither Hibs nor Aberdeen come close to Celtic Rangers, and I suspect what we're, we're expecting to see, perhaps even more this season than previously, is a complete, you know, a, a panzer division with these two. If two can make up a panzer division, you know, and these two are going to steamroll over, over everyone. I think the danger for Saints is they've got to watch that they don't get steamrolled, you know, and end up losing four, five, six nil or something like that. Or uh, on, on it's a Sunday game, of course, isn't it? You know, an early mm-hmm. kickoff. Um, they've got to watch that they don't get a real battering because I think, you know, confidence is a very fragile flower in football. After two or three wins on the bounce, it, it, it blooms. After two or three or four or five defeats, it's not long and wilting. Um, you know, oh, as the profound, Jim. So, so very, very profound. profound. So my, that's my Shakespearean moment over. Um, so I think <laughs> I think that's the danger, guys, that, that, that Saints take a real pounding uh, on Sunday and then coming back from that, can be very, very difficult indeed. You know, and although I've, I've watched Lyrical about, look, actually their goal, the goals against isn't that bad. That could take a serious hit. Yeah. That could be in much more serious deficit after Sunday. Well, we're, we're getting closer, Ian, to, uh, to Dundee playing football again. Hope it's so. uh, creeping up on us, the, the, uh, the Betfred Cup. And Dundee are getting a, f- a few friendlies under their belt. Have you been keeping an eye on, on who's playing and how they're getting on? It's, it strikes me up. They've got a they've got a fair few. I mean, I guess this just just plays into the 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 long long layoff and guys coming back. But there's there's still a few to get game time and you know a few aches and strains, isn't there? So there is, yeah. it's we're we're getting close to the, the the league cup starting again. So James McPake will be hoping they start clearing up. You know, we're talking about you know your Sean Burns, your your uh, Jamie Nesses, and they've had issues up front as well. So he'll he'll, he'll want to see. Something like close to his his first team within the next week or so. Yeah, yeah, he will. Um, uh, this is this is approaching very rapidly, isn't it? The Betfred Cup. Um, we have all the uh, coronavirus stuff and hanging over it, but uh, James McPake has to get his team ready. And uh, they had the the the, the double header, wasn't it, against Cove? And I think it's again. I, I mean, this isn't new. Uh, but it's it's about getting people fit. It's about it's not about results. It's about how how they're playing, trying things out. And uh, McPeak is is gradually looking at, at how everybody is fitting into it. I think I think as well, uh, particularly with Dundee, they'll just all be really lifted by the fact that they're going and playing a match, you know, and and they're they're getting competition again, albeit a. Uh, behind closed door, but there's 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 matches there, and I think that will give them a whole lift, the whole place a lift, and uh, we can then look forward to the to the Betfred Cup, which um, I think it's almost crept up on us. This it's just it's, it's you know it's very very close now, and we're going to bring all of these clubs into play now. It's it's just been the Premiership up to now, but suddenly it's going to open open right up and we'll see we'll see how everybody including Dundee gets on yeah I mean you've been keeping an eye Jim on, on how Dundee have been getting on their team selections that sort yeah, of thing yeah well I mean I was, I was intrigued to see Jordan Forster um, who I know he, he's you know he's been heavily involved with personal trainer keeping himself fit but you know he, he was saying that um, 
and, and uh, you know, the Courier the other day that um, the, the squad you're writing was fitter than ever um, after the, the whole lockdown programme. So, I mean, I, I think the thing we're all really keen to see is, I mean, I know they've got the, the Nicholas Hamilton coming in on, on this season-long deal, the Jamaican forum, but I think the thing we're all really keen to see is just how Charlie Adam does. I mean, you know, we say that, that, that that's box office. You know, Charlie coming in to, the, to play in the championship is box office. Um, and and, and you, you were talking earlier on about United needing a create midfielder well you know Charlie at that level I think should absolutely thrive you know laying you know laying balls off seeing passes threading it through the the channels for people to run into as, as, as the parlance goes these days you know finding ammunition to spread out to the wings and all the rest of it so I, I think we, we will not know because, you know, Dundee have been kind of lost. They've almost kind of disappeared into the mist with, you know, all the publicity given to the Premiership because the Championship hasn't been going. But, you know, now that we're kind of pretty much ready to go, they've had a couple of few friendlies under their belt and all the rest of it. Um, I have to say, I'm less interested in the Betfred than seeing them underway against Hearts. What an opener that will, uh, great, will that, that yeah. will be some opener, you know, because I think there's going to be no love lost between these two clubs uh, this season. And Hearts have been, you know, Hearts have been investing pretty heavily a, a, as well. Uh, but for me, Charlie, keeping Charlie fit, um, uh, you know, and, and then the additions because there have been, I think, there's five, uh, five new Hamilton maybe actually makes it six. You know, uh, Jakubiak and all the rest of it. I mean, there's quite a number of additions, so it will be a different looking Dundee squad. It's all the story in the world, Eric. We don't know until the action gets underway. And four or five games in, we'll get a much clearer picture of how, how you know, how big an impact uh, Charlie Adams is going to make, how big an impact the new players are going to make, whether or not it's going to be a two horse race in this. This truncated, um, uh, you know, division that the championship will be this season. That's assuming, of course, that you know uh, uh, that nothing happens and we end, don't end up uh, having to abandon the, the the league program. But for the moment, I think there's a sense of excitement building now for all of us because we want to is. see Dundee back. Yeah, you want to see them back in action. And, and I, I must admit, I'm really, really looking forward to seeing Charlie back in the Scottish game. He's a player I've got great admiration for him, uh, both as a human being and an individual. But you know, mainly as a football player, and I think it, it looks great. Um, on paper, anyhow, it looks great to see a guy of his quality there. I mean, you know, the, I mean, I've heard, the, I've heard the, the negative stuff about big character, and you know, he might boss the dressing room, and he likes things. You know, I heard someone saying oh, he likes things his own way. Good, good. He's a top pro. That's what top pros like. Top pros like it done the proper way. That's that's what you want. You don't want somebody that comes into your dressing room and goes, ah, whatever. You know, you want somebody that says, no, no, this is how it should be done. This is how we did it at Liverpool. This is how we did it at Rangers. You know, that's what you want. And we're really looking forward to that. I just, it's part of me, and it just uh, wants to fast forward through these Betfred games and get yeah, to that, no. that uh, Dundee <laughs> Hearts game. I mean, that's Yeah, what, I mean, I mean, I th- it's, it's, I can't, I'm really, really looking forward to it. It's just because, it, I mean, we've got plenty of time to, to build into it. But, the, the, you know, the, can you imagine if Dundee were able to, to win that and with, with yeah, the new signings and all the rest of it? It would totally change the dynamic of that league, wouldn't yeah, it? it? Because it, I it think would. everybody, even apart from the Charlie Adams signing, I think everybody is just taking it for granted that Hearts are going to romp this league and have things their own way with the signings to, to, to sort of, you know, to make a statement on that day for Dundee would be utterly enormous. And, you know, I think they almost have to use the bet Fred as a 
as a build up to that game, don't they? Yeah, I, I think they do. I, 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 and they won't be the only club doing that. Um, uh, while we're, uh, I, I agree with you, we're, we're really looking forward to that game. I mean, I'm almost scared to look at the bookies' odds for the championship because you know it's almost as if it's done already. Hearts have got it in the bag, which which isn't the case. Um, but we'll have to clutch at the coronavirus straws at the moment. And how how good how good is it that it'll be on TV? You know, it's great. Yeah, it's going yeah. to be on oh, on no. TV. And uh, we'll all be able to sit on a Friday night and, and, and watch that one. And it'll be fascinating. It really will. And uh, I think Dundee will give them a, a, a right good go and they'll be right in that match. Ian, I'll be honest with you. It's, it's a game that I'm you know looking forward to hugely. Yeah, I mean, I have to say that with all due respect, Hamilton United... Dundee United Livingston just doesn't do it for me. It just doesn't do it for me. Dundee, again, you know my view, I've written in, in, in my career column about this, Dundee, I think, squandered the last four years. Dundee had a great chance. Well, United were out of the picture during the championship to rebuild, to get in a bit of community, to win the, the next generation of kids over and all the rest of it. And I think they squandered it with, with relegation. They've now got another great chance to build, you know, you know what, there's a wee bit of chance here, you know, for them to maybe establish themselves. I hesitate to use that kind of phrase, the people's club. You kind of have that in the city where the support split pretty much evenly in the middle. But they're great. They're seen in a sense as underdogs, but, but you know, second underdogs, if you want, in that league against Hearts. They've got a great chance here to reestablish themselves, some fighting spirit, some good football. Once the crowds do come back, to start winning the crowds back and all the rest of it. And, you know, could you imagine if they got off to a flyer and beat Hearts at Tynecastle. What a lift that would be for everyone connected with Dense Park. It would be superb. And I have to say, with being on telly, it really is a game I'm looking forward to. It's just a great pity crowds weren't back in because Tynecastle would have been absolutely buzzing, oh, rocking, yeah. and, and all the other cliches you want to use. Buzzing and rocking. Well, there we go. We'll have to <laughs> we'll, we'll finish on that No, Okay. Well, cheers, guys. Thanks again. And we'll be back next week. Thank you very much for listening. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it, or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people to find Talking Football, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget too to pick up your copy of The Courier Monday to Saturday, or go to thecourier.co.uk slash subscribe to find out how to get our award-winning sport, business and local journalism across Tayside and Fife in the way that's right for you. The Courier. Local matters.